0: Good morning it's the morning mix I'm Christy Dillaway with my co-host Ryan Williams welcome to the show Ryan good morning it is 2020 and we're happy to be here and we're pushing some more buttons here we go okay uh, today on the morning mix our guest will be Rachel Kaler she's coming in from Ice Castles which opens in Midway this weekend it opens today um, We'll also do our weekend events at the bottom of the hour, and then we're gonna talk to members of 10,000 Maniacs. They're playing at Egyptian Theater this weekend. That might be a band from before your time, but very iconic in my um, my uh, young progression of like music awareness. That was like my college, post-college years.
1: And they have a bit of a radio tie-in with it too that we'll talk about a little bit later as well.
0: Absolutely, so that will be the show for, this, uh, for today. Also, um, I want to give a shout out, uh, this is my Christie's PSA for the morning, driving in this morning, several patches of blinding sunlight. It's a great thing when the sun's out, but you know, a little bit of spray from the car in front of you on the windshield and that blinding light. So um, think about that if you're about to suddenly merge left or right. The car behind you may not be able to see that at the moment just my PSA for the morning I
1: experienced the exact same okay, thing. okay okay yeah.
0: there was a moment where I was like it's kind of like do you ever go skiing um on those days where the fog comes in maybe like at the base of Silver Queen it often happens and and you just stop like I have no idea but in fact you kind of know because you've skied that run so many times mm-hmm. um but you think about the tourists like they, there's you can't see a thing
1: and usually we're bombing Silver Queen too, so <laughs> it's never a good combo.
0: Well, if you're bombing, you know that that fog layer is there. Exactly. <laughs> you're probably doing that because you think it'll be fun.
1: Definitely. But
0: when you're driving a vehicle on a roadway, that is not as much fun.
1: No, a little bit more margin of error, on that <laughs> when I think.
0: So we appreciate this beautiful sunshine day, but uh, be aware that that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, Well, we're going to play a bunch of music today. Um, I think later in the show, we're going to be joined, as I said, by members of 10,000 Maniacs who are performing at Egyptian theater. And to set the mood, here is one of their big hits from back in 1992 off their album Our Time in Eden. Are you ready, Ryan? This is These Are the Days. Are you ready?
2: We don't Oh, he's not ready.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go to Underwriters. We'll come right back with that. Stay tuned with Hi, this is Katie Wang from Park City Film, inviting you to gather up your friends, family, and favorite popcorn bowl and come on over to the Santee okay. Auditorium to see the finest and independent film in a unique community setting. Who knows? You might even win something in the raffle. Films are rolling now, so check out our calendar at parkcityfilm.org and then join us on Friday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. or Sundays at 6 p.m. Park City Film is a member-supported nonprofit organization and sponsor of KPCW's Friday Film Review.
1: Hey, Sheldon. Yeah, John? What are you doing this Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m.? Well, I'm tuning in to KPCW's Minor Details Show. It's a show by, for, and about minors to hear the voice of the high school community. Listen to Minor Details every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. We take requests, so call in at 435-655-TALK. Minor Details is also sponsored in part by the Park City UPS stores and Miller Orthodontics. Tune in this Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m.
0: We are going to talk to Rachel Kaler from Ice Castles in Midway in a little bit. There we go. And um, I, Hey, Ryan, have you ever been to Ice Castles?
1: I actually have not. We <gasps> tried to go last week, but they weren't open yet, so I'm looking forward to getting right. there this today's week. today's the
0: opening day, and um, I went last year. It's, um, it's what you expect, but it's so much more than what you expect. Magical, um, uh, kind of... Um, kind of like unexpected how how fun lights and ice can be like you get the idea however you don't get the idea and you go there and you're like "Ooh, let's take a picture of that there's little passageways and you're like I want to crawl through there just because and um it's it's cool that there's ice castles and ice buildings and things around the world um I've always been intrigued by the ice hotels you see um profiled and travel channels and stuff and you think isn't it cold to stay in an ice hotel <laughs> or sleep on an ice bed and I'm not sure I want to go there unless I had some delightfully sumptuous uh, fur uh, vestments to wear. Yeah you I know? was
1: about to say every one <laughs> that I've seen always has fur everywhere so.
0: And then that seems nice but um, so are we ready to play the 10,000 Maniacs song? We are. Okay this is as I said this is off their 1992 album. Our time in Eden, this is These Are the Days. Thank hey. 10,000 Maniacs. They'll be our guests later in the hour about 9 40 uh, a.m. because they're playing at Egyptian theater all this weekend. Well we've heard some um, rec- reports of traffic incidents on 40 and that the traffic's way backed up and in fact that is affecting our next guest Rachel Kaler who is calling in now from the traffic incident on highway 40. She's calling in to talk to us about ice castles opening tonight in Midway. Welcome Rachel. Hi Christy thanks for having me. So let's get to the traffic first because it's affecting a lot of people. What's going on? What can you see? What do you know?
3: You know, slick roads, so everyone's taking it very slow on 40, and then just the 248 back up with skiers and everyone trying to get into town. So I'm making my way, but I think everyone should account for a, a little more time this morning.
0: Every time I um, schedule our guests, our, our musical guests in the winter, I tried to alert them that they have to have a heads up about skier traffic because it's completely different getting into town in the summer than it is in the winter. But I had yeah. also said that the um, that the road conditions with the bright sunlight was um, was a challenge. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, it's well,
3: funny working with ice castles. We love the ice, <laughs> but not when it comes to driving on it.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> right when I moved here, um, I loved the fact that the worst weather conditions were the happiest times for people. And I'm sure with ice crystals, the cold, bitter cold weather is also very happy.
3: It is. We, You know, I call myself a self-proclaimed ice junkie because I really do love the ice crystals and what we can create with Mother Nature, cold temperatures, and water. And that's where we build these beautiful ice sculptures and ice castles.
1: So what is the process of starting it? Like, where do you even start to making an ice castle?
3: So the biggest thing is water because that is our base. And so we start laying down water pipes uh, probably mid-October and just preparing the layout. So the ice castle is a one-acre footprint and we, we lay the foundation with those water lines, and then we also run uh, LED lights, and we have music that's piped through, and so that's really the base, and we can't really start building until those temperatures hit freezing, and so this year, we were a little delayed. We really didn't start building in earnest until the second week of December, and you know, some years, we could start mid-November, but it was just so off and on, Ideal building temperatures for us are between 5 and 15 degrees, but we can continue to build the castle up to 32 degrees, of course, that's when the you know, water freezes, but those bitter cold temperatures are the most ideal for us.
0: Let's, um, let's paint the picture for people who haven't been to the Midway Ice Castles before. Um, give the grand overview of what the attraction and experience is.
3: Yeah, and I would say because it's handmade, that's where people really come and they're in awe. So it takes four weeks for the ice builders to build the ice, and we build it one icicle at a time. And so we ice farm. We have metal structures that we create these icicles, and then we hand-place the icicles, run ice overnight, and... When you walk up to the ice castle, it truly is a work of art, and I think a lot of people don't realize that it's one icicle at a time. Each day, we're building 10,000 icicles, and so when you walk up to the ice castle, and it's 10 to 12 to 14 feet high, think about one little icicle and how many that takes to create the walls and the caverns and the tunnels. It's... It's really remarkable. And I think that's the biggest thing when people come, they don't realize that this took one icicle to build and it's just one after another, hours after hours putting these together. So when you come through, you're going to walk up to this ice castle and it truly is a wall of ice. And then we do light it with LED lights from the inside. And so as you're walking up and you see this grand structure and you know, we have a lot of people say, wow, this really does look like Elsa's castle. It is just that grand as you come in. And so you walk through the first cavern as you're going into the entrance. And it's just like walking through an ice tunnel.
0: And the um, I mean, you're saying that you make 10,000 icicles a day. So, yes. t- so this morning, how are they... How is anyone taking those 10,000 icicles and applying them? Like, what, Are they somewhere separate and then they get added onto a wall or they're getting made on the location?
3: So we make them on location. And so we, we create this, <coughs> the icicles you know, with cold water and, and just letting them freeze overnight. And then uh, the ice builders will break off the ice and then place it in whatever we've decided that's the structure that we want to build. So whether it's a cave or a tunnel or a walkway, they place those icicles, and then they have water that they run overnight above that group of icicles that then form together to create that look.
1: So is it a kind of work in progress where you develop one idea and then that builds on the next one? Or is do you sit down in October time and say, all right, this is what we're going for, and you shoot for that?
3: Yeah, we actually use a floor plan. We have a, a, a structured, engineered structure that we um, are adhering to. So we know what it's going to look like when it's done. Of course, you know, depending on how the ice forms, we do vary it somewhat, but we do know what the floor plan is, where the walkways are going to be, where the fountains are going to be. That's all laid out in an engineered um, layout beforehand.
1: Because you guys aren't aren't the only ice castle in in America. There's you're one of six. So, do you, where else well, are the other locations?
3: Yeah, so we are one of six. So it originated here in Midway. And then we moved to Colorado. We were invited by uh to build in Colorado. So we went there. And then we moved over to Dillon, which is where we are now. Our second castle was, or our third castle was in Minnesota. We were at the Mall of America for two years. And now we are um, in different areas in New Hampshire, Lake Geneva. And then, you know, the Canadians love their cold. And so we took this opportunity to go to Edmonton, Canada. That's where our sixth location is.
0: And I should note, or we should talk (laughs) about that. There are um, buildings that are around the world that are cut, that are ice hotels and ice um, palaces that are cut from blocks of ice. And and ice castles is a very different. Ice hotel. Yeah. Yeah, The
3: ice hotel in Quebec and people can stay there and, and our owners have traveled the world looking at different ice creations. There's one in Harbin, China, which is an amazing city, basically, of ice. And they do use block ice, where we're growing our ice organically with um, water and sprinklers.
0: And so your ice looks more like stalactites, stalagmites, and drip castles, as opposed to exactly. a um, crystal palace with, with uh, see-through ice. It's a more exactly. organic experience. We love our organic yep, that's here. That's a perfect description. <laughs> organic as uh, blue lights on ice in Midway's town center can be. <laughs> well, there's also, there's also um, slides and, and uh, tunnels. Want to add to that? I love how you just walked in the studio.
4: <laughs> yes, here I am. This is much better. Yeah, I think so. The little kids especially are loving their uh, the slides, the tunnels, the, the music. And tonight
0: we've got fire performers. I saw a fire performer uh, yeah. when I went last year. Yeah. And so every which is a nice, evening, uh, they'll be there. It's a nice conjunction, yeah, fire, and, fire ice. and ice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's every Saturday? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And tonight is opening night, opens at 6. Right. Tickets, how are the ticket sales going?
4: Ticket sales are hot. I mean, it's it's the hot item. There's a lot of pent-up demand for it. And so we do um, encourage people to go online and buy your tickets in advance. So, And it's also more affordable online. When you come up to Good our standby to tickets, it's $4 more. And so you definitely want to make your reservation because we will sell out. We sell, out every 30, or we sell tickets every 30 minutes. And so that's not that you have to stay in the castle for 30 minutes. You're welcome to stay as long as you want. But just for traffic flow, uh, we find that that 30-minute ticket increment works best. So
0: that's your entry time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can stay as long as you want, wander around as long as you want. Uh, there's hot chocolate in there, right? Yeah, hot chocolate. And this year we're serving churros. Churros. No. Oh. Delicioso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, okay, and what's new this year? So I would say every year
4: the Ice Castle is new because the structure, the, the forms, the tunnels, the slides are all different. Um, we don't really have anything new i would say it's just the design is different and it's funny i have a favorite year i loved 2012 when we were at the midway town hall because we had slot canyons and so you could you know come through those slot canyons a lot like the southern utah and and that's what the design was based on Uh, this year we've got a couple thrones inside the castle that are just really fun photo ops last year we had an igloo that the kids could climb into And so I think that's, I guess if you're looking for something new, it's those little features that someone might not say, oh wow, but for us and the ice artisans, that's where they get excited is when they do these little projects. Uh, The dome room is something that you don't want to miss, and that will happen later on. As you mentioned, it is a work in progress. And so the dome room, uh, we use thousands of icicles to, to form a ceiling, which imagine how difficult that is to create a an ice cave with icicles and eventually close off that ceiling. And so the dome room last year took us six weeks to build. We had it for the last two weeks of the season, and they'll try to do that again this year. But that's something you go in and you look up, and it's like you're in a stalagmite uh, cave where all of a sudden those icicles are all pointing down at you. But one thing to note is uh, it's absolutely safe. I think a lot of people come in and think, wow, this is... 25 million pounds of ice, is it going to fall? Mm-hmm. Well, um, when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ice <clears throat> on ice is stronger than ice on a structure. And wow. so that's where we're completely confident that it's safe to walk through the taverns and climb through the, the caves and the tunnels. And so that's, I just want to make sure people understand that even though it is a lot of ice, it's safe. I think probably the most hazardous part is walking because we've got a lot of ice on the floor, we do churn up the floor. And so we do encourage people to wear boots. If, you, if you've got micro spikes, you know if you've got those because you're an outdoor enthusiast and you hike during the winter, it's not a bad idea to wear those inside the castle because it will give you a little more grip. Uh, we see people come in in tennis shoes and vans and they don't spend a lot of time. They don't appreciate how cold it is until their feet are cold. Yeah. So I would encourage people as you warm come. Warm socks
1: and spikes if you can. Yeah,
4: boots, warm socks, coats, snow pants if you want to ride the the slides. You don't have to wear snow pants, but it certainly makes it more um, enjoyable. And How about the fake
0: fur? I think that would go well <laughs> in the photo. Yeah, yeah the faux photos. Faux fur. Yeah, faux fur furs, And probably faux fur in color right. because there's a lot of color yeah. involved. Well, and just the That's pictures. That's what I'm recommend. Last yes, year exactly. We had the pictures are important.
4: 18... No, eight billion social media impressions wow. last year over the six sites and so that's it's all about but the who's selfie. counting yeah, yeah
1: well that's <laughs> what i was thinking with the new features is you're not redoing your instagram photos so there's always a new thing to come back for so.
4: yeah yeah it's definitely the selfie station
1: there you go.
4: what are the hours that it um it's in operation so monday through thursday we're open from four to nine p.m so most evening and i that 4 to 5 is really fun because you get daytime and then the sun goes down, and so you can see some of the night as well. Fridays, we're open from 4 to 1030, so great for date night. And then Saturday, we're open from noon to 1030, so Saturday's a much longer day. We are closed on Sundays. Uh, we gotta The ice needs a rest. The ice needs a rest. The employees need a rest, but we also spend a lot of time maintaining on that day. We've got a lot of work to do inside because it is a natural structure. We're constantly having to fix the floor and uh, rebuild walls and things. And so we do need at least one day a week to do that preparation.
1: And taking a quick glance at the weather, it looks like weather is going to be perfect for that.
4: Weather is perfect. And, you know, as you mentioned, we cheer when it's cold and when it Mm -hmm. snows and we've got snow coming the rest of the week. So, yeah, it's the perfect time to visit the ice castle.
0: Is, would you say it's um, more magical when it's snowing hard? Is there a difference to the feel? It depends. If you really like snow and cold, I think it's magical. It's like being in a hot tub when it's snowing. Right. I, it just adds a dimension yeah. when your hair is full of snow. And, yeah, that's uh, true. But you're warm. so It's is, true. Is so if you
4: dress accordingly, you, know, you have right. no problem. But if you're not one, if you're a bluebird skier you're not w- going to want to come to the ice castle on a snowy day. But that's that's like the hardest thing. <laughs> <laughs> a bluebird skier. It's true. Yeah. Think about your own
0: personality, and how much you like <laughs> the cold.
4: Uh, but
0: do plan Do a little for self-reflection <laughs> before you plan that's your right. ice castles. Although if you're getting your tickets or reservation, then maybe I guess you'd look ahead to the weather. Yeah, but yeah. a great thing to take your guests to mm-hmm. because they probably have never mm. I mean w- if you haven't been, you haven't experienced it either, but your guests unlikely have, ex- have experienced something similar.
4: Yeah, one of my favorite visitors last year was, uh, we had a group from the Tibetan monks that were here from Cambodia, and they came in in their robes and their sandals, and <gasps> they were freezing, but to see their reactions uh, was just priceless. I, I talked to a few of them and they were so darling, but they were cold
0: so they don't get to change their footwear even when they're in um uh, I a guess Utah they climb. they hadn't
4: really planned on seeing the castle but they were they were in midway and just took the opportunity
0: and you yeah you got to stop by if well you're that's in part
1: of the buddhist monk thing is is through breathwork they
0: meditate your way out past it
1: yeah and, and they're better with cold exposure like when they heat up a a ice um, tapestry and they make it it dry really quickly okay Look into that if you have it. I
0: will look into that. Yeah. Google it. Google it. So, okay. So tonight is the opening night. How long do we think the season goes? This is probably um, an unknown. Yeah. And how do you know when it's done?
4: So we always say we're weather dependent. Uh, last year, our season was January 2nd to February 25th. And last year was a pretty cold winter. So I'm hoping to go at least that long. Um, if we make it to March, that's always like bonus but usually you want to plan on getting your tickets before president's weekend because president's weekend is always that iffy if we get any sort of thaw and for us it's um we want to make sure that cosmetically it meets the visitors expectations and so it's not a structure issue for us as much as if we start really feeling like we're having a lot of sun exposure and drooping then we'll call it good. But, it, yeah, it's all weather dependent. So I do encourage, I always find that people wait and then they say, oh, I missed it. And I said, I missed it for years. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and it is a short season. I mean, we're looking at
0: six to seven weeks. Yeah, it's a fleeting, ephemeral experience. You right. And someone's always looking, looking for the that moment.
4: perfect weather day and that doesn't exist. And so you've got to just say, if I want to see the Ice Castle, I'm going to buy that ticket. I'm going to make the commitment. I'm going to dress for the, whatever the temperature, whatever the weather is that day.
0: And how do they go about doing that?
4: So you're going to want to go online, icecastles.com. We've got the six different sites, so you're going to want to make sure and and select Utah. This year, we're located at the Homestead Resort, and they have been a great partner for us. So you're going to want to click Buy Tickets, and then you'll select that time slot, half an hour increment, and I do encourage you to arrive 20 minutes early just because it does take some parking and getting to the Ice Castle. And we're located in on the driving range of the Homestead Resort. So if you're familiar with the golf course, you're going to want to park and then head towards that golf course, which is behind
0: the resort. Is that on the... Uh uh what's the swimming spot? crater side. is that on the yes, crater side it's mm-hmm. on the crater side you, i'm making the hand motions of the <laughs> crater i know, I don't people know what like, that crater is people on air can hear me okay.
4: yeah and and that's a great opportunity if you want to make a reservation at the ice castle and follow up with the crater soak you know ooh, what a great way like a to great ooh, or to a meal
0: up. or something at uh yeah. the restaurant yeah there. and the
4: homestead just uh, put out a new menu with a new chef and with churros mm-hmm. and hot
0: chocolate you can make it in a whole evening
4: Sounds delicioso
0: because <laughs> delicioso.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's word of the day
0: <laughs> well Rachel Kaler from Ice Castles in Midway opening tonight thank you so much for joining us and yes. thanks for making that journey through the uh, traffic on 40 and then emerging while we were speaking in the studio that was well done yeah, That was a great. <laughs> it's a little magic trick <laughs> 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 alright well thank you for joining us and listeners should stay tuned we'll be back with weekend events and our interview with Steve Gustafson of 10,000 Maniacs stay tuned
5: I'm Lucas Nelson of Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. You're listening to KPCW Radio in Park City, which is what I always listen to when I'm in Park City. If you enjoy quality community radio that's real, stay tuned right here to KPCW.
0: This is Tricia Worthington with the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Foundation, a nonprofit organization. Keep up with our World Cup season on KPCW every Monday during the morning news. U.S. Olympic athletes receive no government funding. Donate today at usskiandsnowboard.org. Do you
5: want to relive your childhood memories of being a DJ in your bedroom studio? Well, I did. I'm Allie, and since I first heard that KPCW needed volunteer DJs, I've wanted to be here with you.
0: And I'm Sarah. I listened to KPCW before I even moved to Park City, and now I'm thrilled to be part of the Volunteer Air Force.
5: Do you want to lend your voice to your local public radio station? It's easy. No
0: experience necessary. It's the best way to be a part of the community. And
5: play great music. Join the KPCW Air Force by sending me an email at john at kpcw.org.
0: It is time for weekend events. Well, as you just heard, Ice Castles is now open for the winter season over in Midway at the Homestead on Homestead Drive. It's open Mondays through Thursdays, four to nine p.m. Fridays, four to ten thirty p.m. and Saturdays, noon to ten thirty. From now through the end of their season, which might be February or March, so get on it. Yeah.
1: At the Egyptian Theater this weekend, 10,000 Maniacs will be on stage with concerts tonight and tomorrow night at 8 p.m. and again on Sunday at 6. We'll be speaking with Steve Gustafsson at 10, at, um, tomorrow night.
0: Park City Film is screening Pain and Glory, a film shortlisted for the Academy Award for Best International Feature Film that's screening tonight and tomorrow at 8 and Sunday at 6 at the Jim Sandy Auditorium.
1: For music tonight, um, here are some options. We have Tanglewood at the Cabin, Spock Block is at the Spur Bar and Grill, and Mr. Sister Trio is at Silver Star Cafe.
0: That's it for today. We'll move on to Saturday. You can join the Swannert Nature, Pre- Nature Preserve and Eco Center's weekly snowshoe. It's at 8.30 in the morning, and they just added a second uh, weekly snowshoe. I think it's at 10.30 in the morning. Bring your snowshoes or rent them from the Eco Center for a guided walk on the preserve.
1: Out at Strawberry Reservoir, there's an ice fishing event designed to introduce ice fisher folk to other like minded recreationalists uh, so that in the future they won't feel like they need to go ice fishing alone. The event is from 6 a.m. to noon at Strawberry Reservoir, located 23 miles east of Heber City.
0: Would you ever go ice fishing? Does that sound all this ice talk?
1: I think it's along with the theme, so I'm down to go ice fishing.
0: You're down with it? Okay. Well, you can go check it out. They definitely want to encourage people to not uh, feel the need to go ice fishing alone. I'm assuming there's some inherent danger in that. Uh, the Park City Film and Park City Library are offering a free screening tomorrow of Belle and Sebastian, Friends for Life, as part of their Foreign Cinema for Kids series. It's showing at the Jim Sandy Auditorium at 4 p.m. It's free, and there's free popcorn.
1: And Timpanogos Belvedere's improv comedy show is happening at the Timp Valley Theater in Heber City. The shows start at 7 p.m. and all ages uh, are welcome.
0: And for Music on the Town tomorrow night, I've uh, got Kyle Flesh at The Cabin, Lake Effect at the Spur Bar and Grill, Small House Strings at Silver Star Cafe, Gemini Mind at Flanagan's on Main, and Borges at Park City Live. And that is your weekend events. I hope you find something to do in that mix of uh it's kind of a short list at this time of year but uh there's
1: plenty to do and things pop up at do. this time of the year for sure.
0: Well, our next interview is going to be with Steve Gustafson of 10,000 Maniacs and to play us into that this is like the weather. Me wear these. We are joined now by our next guest, Steve Gustafson from 10,000 Maniacs. Welcome to the studio.
2: Hi, Christy. Oh,
0: I like that. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Again. We're going to ra- have you uh, record my, that my, for later. Hi, Ryan. Hi <laughs> <laughs> it's, there. It's my, it's my radio voice. <laughs> Your radio
0: voice. Have you, do you have some experience in radio? Uh,
2: I do. When, uh, when I was in college, I was in college. Our keyboard player and I, Dennis Drew, we were, well, we were friends in high school. We've been friends for almost 45 years, but, uh, we we were looking for, uh, fun things to do at our community college in Jamestown, New York. And, uh, they'd started a 10 watt non-commercial radio station and we thought, oh, that'll be fun. Let's do that. So we kind of, you know, pushed our way in and took over and, uh got into all kinds of trouble constantly and uh we actually we were playing um this was in 1977 uh, I know you guys you two are pretty young but uh in fact I think I have habits as old as you <laughs> and uh um that year the uh the talking heads 1977 record came out uh sex pistols gang of 4 the clash we got all these records Of this music that we'd never really heard and thought, wow, this is fantastic. It's like our music. Because before then we were deadheads and then we shaved our hair, you know, cut our hair off and became punks. And we were, you know, we ran the radio station and sort of started our career there. That's where the band met. We were all students there.
0: Well, I I do. lament the fact that I didn't get involved in college radio my college radio because it seems like what a great opportunity although KPCW is not too much different of course it's it's not a high bar to get on
5: yeah right
0: but um but I I definitely I think that your music as 10,000 Maniacs really got a huge lift from college radio am I right in that Uh,
2: absolutely uh it, it was at the time um you know record companies still had a lot of money and uh um College radio was really sort of dictating um, uh, what people were listening to. It was really important, so they they spent a lot of time listening to it, and uh, um, you know it worked for us. We were sort of the right place, right time. And of course, when we started in 1981, that's the same year MTV started, and that was when David Letterman first went on the air. There were a few, you know, a few things that happened. Um, our band actually started four weeks after John Lennon got shot.
0: Wow, I remember all those things. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember they were the been, same year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well,
2: um, yeah, um, and I, I don't think college radio has that influence anymore.
0: I was wondering about that. So, but how was college radio? Um, creating the influence like where were the where were the DJs let's say yourself and you were on college radio where were you getting access to the music well
2: it, you know what we we stumbled into this uh, service called Rockpool, out of New York City otherwise we were you know we were writing to uh, you know we were writing to uh, uh, record companies saying can we have please have records uh, or bringing them home from your own collection and this service called Rockpool Pool uh, out of New York were sending college radio stations, um, all these singles, from mostly from the U.K., The Clash, and The Gang of Four, and all these bands. And, uh, w- you know, we would play that stuff constantly, so much so the student body Uh, got together a (laughs) petition to to make us change our format. And we said, no. (laughs) If You want to change your format? Join the radio station. But, um, and you know what we did was, because that was right about the time when the band started, is um, our connections with other college radio stations um, that we would write letters to or call and stuff and see what they were playing because you had to submit playlists and all that stuff. We had met over the phone or through letters, um, the, the pr- uh, college programmers and music directors from up and down the East Coast. And when we recorded our first album at state, uh, Fredonia State University, it was a Tonemeister program, it was a student project, um, we knew where to send them. So we sent our records to those college radio stations and then call them up and say, hey, where do the bands play? And of course, back then, the drinking age was 18 and every college had a bar on campus and they would have bands play and we'd go, we'd travel up and down the East Coast in 1983, playing at college bars for $50 or you know, 100 dollars. And free bucks. beer. And free beer and pizza, you know. Uh, and, and we'd sleep on people's floors and in, in a tent. We had a tent with us that we would brought and slept on their, our old beat up van a few times.
0: Bands are still doing the same thing. You have to. Yeah. And at that time, did you think that... How many years later are we now? Thirty-five, forty 40 years later? Um, I w- did you think that this would still be um, what you'd be doing? No, I Did you I think 10,000 Maniacs in itself would, would last that long?
2: I think I was too stoned to think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, kind of. Uh, because I think we all... You know, I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan in 64. I was five years old. Um, Although my dad wouldn't let us watch the first night they played because they were long hairs. And uh, (laughs) we had, they played again, they they played on, then they played again on Sunday when they were in Florida and we got to watch that. But, you know, I want to be in a band. That's really cool. And, you know, my whole life I just wanted to play music, you know. Uh, So I think... Um, I think yes, it, it because there, it, there seemed, you know, the, the, the Ramones played in Jamestown, New York in 1977 and, uh, for, uh, like the next year there were four punk bands in Jamestown because of that moment and they made it seem really easy, you know? Oh God, I could do that.
0: Well, the Ramones it, sound great recorded, but the times I saw them live, I probably thought I could do that too. <laughs> it was really well, just yeah, a very fast yeah, right, yeah. Um, shouting, I don't well, know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well,
2: that was, you know, that was the exciting part because, yeah, we could do that and um, get free drinks. Girls. And meet women.
0: <laughs> it's, good. it's a recipe for success. It, it worked. A good time. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> what, what was your sound when you first came out? What kind of sound did you go for?
2: Um, Well, we really didn't know how to play very well. Um, uh, And we were, uh, we we had a band called Still Life that we started in 1981 with Natalie Merchant, myself, Dennis Drew, Rob Buck, uh, and the only guy we knew in town had a drum (laughs) set. Well, he worked at a factory so we could afford one. So he said, oh, but, you know, I played, I played, Symbols in in high school.
1: It's qualified. And, uh, and
2: unfortunately, it wasn't very good. So our songs were kind of meandering, uh, endless noise, uh, and uh, uh, it, you know, and Natalie screaming into the microphone, and uh, and we couldn't we, we couldn't play really other people's music, so we just made up our own stuff, and it was sort of a combination of kind of hippie punk sort of. Endless sort of nonsense. But and
0: poetic, right? Or, uh, or am well, I jumping ahead? No,
2: no, no. It was very poetic. Natalie was a very, uh, very good lyricist. And uh, she was very talented and still is. Um, a- and our f- the first show we played as Still Life was the name of our band in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, we had been a band for, I think, six weeks. And we wrote five or six songs. And we played... Couple of Gang of Four songs, a Clash tunes, stuff because they were easy, and um, uh, w- we were so afraid. We, sp- most of us, f- couldn't face the audience. We played the show with our backs to the audience because we were <laughs> scared out of our minds, and uh,
0: literally turned around backwards. Uh, yeah,
2: it was just my <laughs> knees were knocking, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and. Uh, 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 I'm just
0: trying to envision if I went to see a band and they're all facing the wrong way. I feel what? like
1: Sia has done that, too, like facing the way. Oh, really? Okay. It's, like,
2: dramatic. So right, well... Maybe, right. maybe, no, right. maybe you were very dramatic no, ahead just, of your time. This was just fear, <laughs> but they... Um, we were playing with... Uh, we were the first of three bands at this god-awful little bar in Erie, Pennsylvania, and a couple of our friends who were with us were, uh, were high on LSD, and... um uh, Natalie and uh my girlfriend at the time and one of the one of the guys that were with us were kind of wrestling on the dance floor while the other bands were playing D- just sort of mm-hmm. this punk thing of mm-hmm. it, it was
0: as you do it was Wrestle really, on the dance floor it yeah. was really kind of weird
2: it. and uh our our the drummer who the, the cymbal player <laughs> You know, you could smoke in bars then, you know, and we were smoking cigarettes and there weren't any ashtrays, so we kind of like flicked a cigarette. And uh, the bar owner came over and, you know, said, like, you know, don't you do that. And uh, our guitar player, Rob Buck's wife, was in the band too, and she stood up and said, You shouldn't talk to him like that. And he said, F you, lady. And Dennis Drew, our keyboard player, stood up and said, No, F you, buddy. And the guy took a swing at Dennis. And the chairs fell over, and the table went over, and this commotion breaks out. And the guy went and got his billy club out of his office. And while he was chasing Dennis out the front door, we we threw our gear and our cars out the back door. And you know, I smashed Dennis' car into a you know a marble bench because we were in such a hurry. But we were we were driving down the street, and Dennis is running down the sidewalk. And we rolled the window down, and he jumps in, and we drove home thinking. We're going to be famous. <laughs> we got thrown out of our first show. Yep, I don't know. Didn't where. get paid for that gig. Perhaps. So is that? Uh, the no. See that, that was part of the problem is we got fifty dollars and we just spent it all on beer.
0: Oh, okay. You'd already So been paid. we
2: were, you know, we we were. So is that the birth of the name Ten Thousand?
0: I was years? wondering, is that the segue to how we find out where the name comes from? Uh,
2: well. Later that summer, John Lombardo uh, was in a band in Jamestown called The Mills, and they mostly did cover songs of uh, Buddy Holly and Elvis Costello and things like that, and we would go see him and just see all the women that were there, and they were getting free drinks, and uh, we should do this. And uh, his band was sort of breaking up, guys going away to college, so uh, we'd become friends, and John was sort of the elder statesman of music in Jamestown. He had a record collection of 3,000 records or something. And he had come to see our shows, and, and we sort of started talking and said, let's, you know, let's start a new band. And he had a list of about 200 names. Because this you know, is before internet, right? This is before computers, so he had to write stuff down. And he had 300 names, or two or 300 names, and we were at a friend's house smoking pot and drinking and looking at names, trying to figure out well, what do we call the new band. And one of the uh, um, Dick Turpin's Ride to York didn't make the list. We cut that (laughs) one off. Men Against the Arctic didn't make the cut. Um, Ferret Stampede, that didn't make it. But we like this 10,000 Maniacs because of the numbers. You know, it looked good, interesting. And it's actually after a Herschel Gordon Lewis film that was made in the 60s. It was a splatter film, a really bad gore film. Called Two Thousand Maniacs, and uh, we we just got the number wrong. But we just kind of liked how it looked, and uh, most of the bands in Jamestown at the time were sort of hair metal cover bands and stuff. And we knew that we, we couldn't shred, and you know we didn't have a light show or anything, and we were afraid that the all the kids who went to see them really wouldn't like us. So we thought, well, let's give them a name that you know will scare them away. And it worked. <laughs> no one came to see us.
0: Oh no! I will say alphabetically, like in our playlist, <laughs> We're you're at first. the top. Yeah, three eleven first. actually is above you in our list, but Rats. you are right there at the top. Yeah, which is either good or bad. People it might not be able to find ten thousand unless. And listen and,
2: and we also thought that it would be a good opener in an interview.
0: We'll always ask the question. Yeah, of course. You get that name. Do you know how many days um, it takes for ten thousand hours to go by? Have you been asked that before?
2: Um, Yes.
0: Any mathematical guess? Um, 10,000 hours. uh,
1: 500, uh, (laughs) 25,600.
2: Yeah, right, right. (laughs) All right. We need some dancers. Uh, I knew that.
0: 416 days. Is it? And 16 hours. Mm. Yeah. Oh, just a little strange trivia. I like that. Well, we're speaking to Steve Gustafson of 10,000 Maniacs because they're playing at Egyptian Theater this weekend. We're going to pause for just a moment, go to some underwriters, and we'll be right back with Steve. Stay tuned. Okay. 10,000 Maniacs are a cornerstone band in alternative music. Their live shows embrace their entire catalog, and the lineup is still anchored by four of the six original members. And celebrating their singer, Mary Ramsey, 25 years as a maniac, 10,000 Maniacs will be playing at the Egyptian Theater Stage January 9th through the 11th. Tickets and information at parkcityshows.com or 855 745 Show. The Egyptian Theater is a nonprofit organization and a KPCW supporter.
1: Earl Foot here with Nexus IT, who is a proud supporter of KPCW. Secure on-demand technology is pivotal to the success of today's businesses. Nexus IT offers IT support and flat-rate cloud services that allow business owners to focus on their organizational objectives. 435-487-9099, nexusitc.net.
0: We're back on with Steve Gustafson oh, of 10,000 Maniacs. Hi. hi. How are you? So tell us about the shows this weekend, the makeup of the band, and what people can expect.
2: Well, the shows are sold out so no one else can go Oh unless you're on the waiting list. Oh. And um, right now, there's still a few seats left in our guest list if you want to go. Oh. And then, oh, well, and cool. then we'll release those uh, tonight. So if you're on the waiting list, you gotta, you know, they'll give you a call. Um,
0: I did think you were a big band for a small venue I mean Egyptian theater holds 340 three f- I think yeah three, No, you have several nights but you are a big band and last time you played in town at Canyons I I was out of town but I heard that was the biggest show of the summer just uh, exponential
2: numbers w- well it was a soft ticket show so no one had to pay still any money all summer
0: go. long we have soft ticket shows and that was the one
2: um, well uh, that's exciting to hear um You know, people. You know, and social media. Come play in our town, and I said, "Well, we need to be invited." And they (laughs) said, "Well, I'm (laughs) inviting you." I said, "No, you need to invite us with a check and be willing to lose all that money." Exactly. Um, You know, we're migrant workers. We we go where we get paid to work, Um, and we're not. um, You know, we just can't make up a tour and say, "Oh, let's play in Toledo on a Tuesday," because no one would be there. Um, we, we play um, long weekends, um, extended weekends, or if we come out to the West Coast, we might make it a two-week thing and do a tour bus and stuff, but it's hard to get our audience out of bed on a Tuesday to come out and see us play, it's, it's really hard. So we do a lot of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, or you know, never really more than three in a row. Um, so we're weekend warriors. And uh, um, up until last month, when I retired, um, because I'm getting my first Social Security check. Oh, I was like, month.
0: how do you know if you're retired?
2: I'm that old. <laughs> uh, um, I'd worked. I was a manager of our theater at the college we started at in Jamestown, New York. I produced the musicals and things like that. Anyway, so the shows. Um, it's really it's a great theater. They've got they've got a really nice PA and a great lighting rig. And the hospitality is great, and they have got oxygen for days, uh, which we need—liquid oxygen, Everybody you know. Needs we're, that light, here. we're lighting with a match, and um, uh, uh, you know we play most of the hits, a couple of deep cuts, a few fun covers, and, and thank um, our
0: underwriters real quick before we go out. Oh.
1: All right, and a quick thank you to our sponsors, Squatters Roadhouse Grill and Wasatch Brew Pub, San Francisco Design, and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services,
2: Squatters.
1: All right, well, thank you so much.
2: Oh, we're done?
0: I, we, we got a hard out when the news comes on.
2: Oh, that's brutal. Uh, come to the show. It's great. Uh, I was ready to talk for a couple of days.
0: Oh, come back. Be-